0: 412 with the doctor Dr. Drew My name is David, and I'm here for Today we're going to talk about episode one of The Leisure Hive.
1: If we open on a day at the beach, uh, beach side, very blustery day. There we see the little uh, striped beach huts, and then uh, abandoned uh, beach chairs on the sand, and then more along the line, we see uh, this more of the same, and see that it's a deserted, blustery off-season day. Um, but then, there's over over here the sound of snoring. And then as we pan more of the beach huts, one of place of one of them is the TARDIS, and in the distance we see the Doctor napping in one of the beach chairs, and then go on to see Ramana and K-9 tooling along the beach. He is um, analyzing the earth's sand and um, talking about other uh, other areas other vacation areas. Um, She's not happy with the idea of this uh exercise and relaxation uh, on the earth and tosses this ball away says well you get exercise and go fetch so she throws the ball away it bounces off into the sand and then rolls off into the water and K9 continues after it to fetch as she told him Uh, hits the water and his circuits blow and he has a small explosion so she screams after him and runs after him and picks him up and carries him out of the water to the doctor, awakens him berates the doctor about how he's, it's all his fault and how he, he's never at the right place at the right time it's always the right place but the wrong time or the wrong place and the right time and he shouldn't be bypassing this, the randomizer circuit just to try to get to a place and time that he wants to visit, and the doctor says he has not he's missed the the opening of Brighton Beach twice now, and he doesn't want to spend his whole time uh, running from the Black Guardian and miss all the all these things that he wants to see. Uh, meanwhile, then she tells him that. Kenan is telling her about all these other vacation places um, and especially one in particular she really likes. It's Argolis. Um, it's one of the first leisure planets and as the scene pans out to a, a dot uh, in space she goes on to tell how the Argolans had been in a terrible war with the neighboring planet another species neighbor, another life form the Formasi and uh, planet was ruined irradiated ruined and they rebuilt this leisure hive uh, destination as a leisure planet as she's explaining all this the doctor starts snoring again so our scene zeroes out into the darkness of space uh, and then we join a meeting in progress, uh, supposed to be a demonstration of some sort, and, uh, the Argolin is, uh, seems to be called away to a conference, teleconference type, uh, meeting to check on the, uh some accounting and so we see there's a boardroom people around the table argolins around around the table and uh, a pyramid uh, a pyramid shape in the middle of the table which is uh, projecting the person who's talking to them and it seems to be their earth agent what we learn is called uh Bork and he says how he um futures are look bleak their uh, finances are in a bad way but uh, well you're supposed to be our earth agent and our bookings are down and then they talk about well there's other places that are newer and they offer more amenities and more facility different facilities and training and so there's more competition um, and you're not kept up with the times and renovated your your leisure hive. So, and all after all this, the Earth agent says that he's he's not going to take the position on the board that they've offered him, and that they De- he's declining investing in them. So, the uh, the younger man uh, we learn is Pangor, who'd been called into the meeting, uh, rudely hangs up essentially on the call. Um, the elder, who is Morix. Uh, says, Oh, that was that was kind of rude, that was a bad idea. But he says he's would rather go off and do these experiments and demonstrations. We hear a voiceover and then we see a Earth shuttle arriving and we see it starting to dock. We from the Earth shuttle comes uh, Boric who arrives and uh, comes in to meet with Morix and Pangor. Uh, Pangor leaves. Uh, Boric talks with Monic Morix, and he says that he he's decided to instead to accept the position, and he comes with news of a buyer. There's someone who wants to buy out the Argolans and to buy the leisure hive, not just invest, but just buy it from them. Um, so, after Pangor has been called away for the tachyon demonstration, um, of, and of an anti-gravity recreation center, uh, he's talking about this in an assembled room where people are watching, um, and we hear the TARDIS arrive in the room. So they talk about selling the Argolis to their arch, their former enemies, the Fomasi. They uh, Morix knows that his son would and his generation would not go for that. Um, they have recent memories of the like harbor grudges, bad memories of the the wars between the two peoples. Um, and says how the their planet being irradiated, irradiated as it is, the Formasi are reptilian, and they could live on the surface. But he still really can't get past the idea that we would they would have to sell their home to their former enemies. We see the exterior of a the city. They are in of the hive. Um, there's. A, rubble and sand on the ground and then we see against the wall of the hive some shadowy um, shadows cast by uh, some stranger looking non-humanoid looking creatures that's all you can really tell at this point Dr. Naman are listening to the demonstration of um, tachyon beams and tachyon images we now see more of the creatures, and they appear to be reptilians. So we can assume that they're probably the Fumasi. Um They are, from the inside we see the wall of the hive and a little green line appear, and the Famasi from the outside is cutting a hole, a circle, a hole in the wall of the hive. Then they open this hole, and there's a portal, and they seal it with some type of a covering, but they've gotten inside the hive. The Formasi is um, spying in on the demonstration of the Tachyon fields. Another shuttle is approaching as we see it docking, and then the announcement comes And then the ship arrives and down this long hallway comes uh, another Argolan, uh, Mina uh, appears that it is Pangor's mom. Um, And I think Morix is his father. Um, Sorry, I missed a spot. Oh, sorry. So the um, Reptilian's have opened a hole into the the leisure hive. Uh, While Morix is talking with um, Boric, uh, he collapses on the table. And they go and uh, get another Argolan, and he comes in and lifts him up and says, Oh, there's nothing really to do. This is just what happens when Argolans die. And uh, his face kind of irradiates and He's, he's gone. So the uh, shuttle approaches. Shuttle comes. It's his wife, Mina, who is um, all set to take over as chairperson as uh, is their succession. Um, she asked whether the... Um, they asked her about the scientific advisor, Harbin, Harding. Harding. If he had she had brought him and she says no but she has information from him and um, or she wishes to speak with him when he when he arrives He he's not come on her shuttle <coughs> Pangor uh is doing his demonstration he there is a visitor who we learn is called Loman uh, who he says oh he thinks it it's uh just a film. It's it's not a real, not a real thing. Uh, how that his image had been able to be, you know, um, seemed to be displaced and torn apart, but not. Um, so he offers him the chance to get into the machine and try it out. So the man steps into this little uh, box, uh, plastic-walled box, and then his image is projected on the screen and. As it is projected, the, he activates the tachyon system, and the man's arms and legs and head are separated from the torso. And Loman starts to scream. Something's gone wrong. Um, he's being injured somehow with this in this machine. So the um, the doctor and Ramana, uh jump up from their seats and to go to help. Uh, another one of the Argolans thinks that oh this must be the the scientific advisor that Mina is waiting for so they say well you take me to his mom and we'll talk about this and so Romana and the doctor are taken off to meet Mina Um, in the conference room she is showing uh, Boric and some of the others the latest scientific discoveries from this Hardin and it seems that he has learned and uh, developed cellular regeneration for living um, living bodies, and so she shows this uh, seeming, like this film or this this uh, experiment, turning an old woman into a, a younger version of herself, and uh, as they are talking about this new process that they are hoping to uh, bring to the Leisure Hive by using the tachyon beams. They bring in the Dr. mana They, um... She corrects the other argolan that this is not Dr. Hardin that she had been expecting. And the doctor says, well, we must have... Um, a mistake happens all the time and no I don't have any credentials we must not have gone through the usual channels as usual <clears throat> as they as loud the uh, voiceover says that from a sickbay that visitor Loman has died from experiment the doctor and Mana take the opportunity to slip out of the room they encounter a Argolin down the hallway and says, warns them and says just so you know keep an ear out that um, there's two unauthorized visitors on station and um, they they'll probably have a description soon so thank you and so they walk off and just at that moment she sends out a security message and starts to describe them and so they hightail it around the corner and run off uh, as they're walking getting away and uh, going seem to have run into and through the anti-gravity squash match that they had shown earlier they talk about the fact that yeah they saw some of the time experiment and yeah it certainly is a fake the uh they go also have to go back through the uh, demonstration area and the doctor Instead of following, quietly following the Ramana and sneaking back into the TARDIS, he gets into the Tachyon box and is looking around and fascinated by how they're making this work. And then as uh, he's in the room, we see a clawed hand reach up uh, from beneath the console and switch on the machine the tachyon fields have been activated and the doctor's body appears on the screen and then his arms and legs uh, head seem to separate from his body we see the the doctor um, yells out on the screen and is being pulled apart and then end. so
0: let's start at the beginning
1: yes with the, with the changes
0: yep This is the first episode of a new era. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Very definitely a new era. It's the first episode with John Nathan Turner as the producer. Mm -hmm. And he would remain the producer until the series ends in the 80s, late 80s, with the Seventh Doctor. It's the first episode with the Neon Tube logo and Starfield background for the opening.
1: For the titles. For the titles.
0: Yeah. So that's a bit of a change.
1: Yeah, I kind of miss it.
0: Uh, I'm torn. It's not my favorite, but it's the one I spent a lot of time watching because of the, this season, the fourth Doctor, all the fifth, all the sixth, all, most of the seventh, or no. Oh, none of the seventh. Never mind. No, wow. But the this season of the fourth, the fifth and sixth.
1: Right. So, so that's a lot.
0: That's a fair amount. Yeah. The Seventh has a whole new. Opening,
1: yeah, and I saw a, a several, a couple of of these, so it wasn't that I had not seen this before. It's just not the one that I saw so much of, which right. is the one we're just leaving. So, um, but it has the newer, yeah, newer opening with the like stars coming yep. to build the the tunnel of the that makes up the face of the Doctor, and then it becomes more of a star field and then the titles appear and we have a new newer logo which is more of the rectangular shaped if it doctor who um, in more of a uh, um, it.
0: I thought I had already described it
1: well I just mean that the logo is much different too
0: I know I said it's the neon logo the neon tube logo
1: oh Sorry, I thought you were referring to the way the, the image comes down the screen. That's kind of like a tube like, tunnel
0: like no. shape. No, it's like the logo is made out of neon tube. Okay. We also get the new theme, the new version of the theme. Mm hmm. Much more electronic.
1: Yes, more 80s, more early 80s. Very
0: much a product of the 80s. Not fitting. What other changes? Did you notice? Or is that it? Mm, I think that's it. Um,
1: The rest of the the titles follow the neon style. Mm -hmm. White outline. Lettering. So for the episode title and that type of thing, it follows through.
0: Right, right.
1: Which looks nice.
0: It's fine, it, you know. Like I said, I kind of get used to this one. It's getting to see it so much.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty much it for changes. I think. Now, see the first uh, one of the first producers that stayed with the show that long. It seems like the Previously, now we have some of them produced several episodes, several stories, but then there might be somebody else and there might be somebody else or back to this person there wasn't one consistent person was there?
0: Well the producers so tended to stay at least the full season
1: maybe I'm thinking the directors
0: the directors are one-off. I'm thinking one off one per serial they would often change between serials Okay. probably because of the way the production schedule worked
1: I mean, they might do a couple of them, but they would not necessarily have the same director for the whole season. Correct. Same producer, but they might have the same producer.
0: Generally, they had the same producer the same at least person. through the season.
1: Okay, I, I'm thinking of the the differences in the directors. Then. Yeah.
0: As far as time, I think he is either the longest, or probably, or possibly the second longest. I'm thinking Verity Lambert might have been. The longest. The longest, but I can't remember without checking. It would be a toss-up between the two, though. I
1: don't know if she was there for a while, I don't know if she was first, so that's all I remember about her. hmm So we have our star field, and... Mm-hmm. So that's changed, and then we, um open with our, our story starts
0: with that yes. interminably long yes panning shot of the beach of Brighton
1: very very long oh, terrible very long establishment establishing shot mm-hmm. um,
0: and come to find out it wasn't even Tom Baker on the beach
1: <laughs>
0: he was sick so they stuffed his outfit and put it on a chair
1: Think they could just put it on somebody? I guess they'd have to pay that person yeah. extra.
0: That's probably why.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, and then it was just it. I didn't like the beginning. Just for some a couple personal things, I think I think it's it's silly that she throws the ball into the water and tells him to fetch it. Yeah. Did you not know he's he's gonna fetch it because you're telling him to do it?
0: It's a really contrived way to get canine out of the story. Yeah. For this episode.
1: The reason to explain he's not in the episode is because he blew up because he went into the water.
0: Because yeah. you told him to, essentially.
1: Yeah. Well, and then she just overreacts yeah. and he, she screams canine at him.
0: And I think canine. it's a side effect of the cold that day. But it looks like she's crying over it. Yeah. But I think her eyes are just watering from the cold. Yeah.
1: Or the wind. Or it's whatever, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that part bothers me. And then, so she's the one who's had him go into the water to fetch. nothing. that she knew it was going to run in the water, but she shouldn't have been surprised. Right. She threw it towards the shore, you know. Picks him up and takes him to the doctor and says it's all his fault. That type of argument just kind of rankles with me Mm -hmm. it's all his fault that he went into the no it's your fault because you threw the ball you're just mad because you don't like being there and then she wraps that around into that that he's never the right place the right the wrong time and all this which is a little tedious Um, and but then we do bring it, she does bring it back around to the randomizer, which we haven't heard for a while. Yeah. Um,
0: we, they've kind like, of forgotten about it, I think. Like, oh
1: yeah, Black Guardian, randomizer, trying to keep him from the, you know, reestablishing the key to time. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, and so as they're arguing and she's going on about this other vacation spot she'd rather go to and he falls back to sleep um they we move on to the a world away to our goal is to the rest of our story um but to to increase their bickering like that really just pulls me out of the story a little yeah. bit um, cause they're supposed to be companions and fellow time lords um uh, not husband and wife, even though they might have been at the time.
0: I don't think they do. For maybe not. Quite a while. They're
1: not co- married yet, but they're probably together at this point.
0: They could be. They
1: don't bring that into the Doctor Who story. You know. Uh, well, before I start talking about Argolis, there was one thing I forgot to mention at the beginning. It was not new. Not really new. Exactly, it was the old becomes new again because John Leeson comes back to do K no, right. nine.
0: You're right. I forgot about that.
1: He was out the seventeenth season or whatever. Yeah, and he's back. And
0: it was David Briarly who did it. Yeah.
1: So we have a new K nine voice, but it's the old K nine voice. So even though we only hear that one little bit while he's
0: <laughs> before
1: yeah. he goes into the ocean.
0: Well, and in a way, it's kind of sad that the way they got him to come back is to promise to write him out of the series. We'll huh. Come back for another year and we promise we'll write you out.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a little strange. He'll give you some work and then no more work at all. Yeah. F- for this character. Um, kind of bizarre. Yeah. That is weird. Uh, so, Argolis is a irradiated on it the, the, the sets look very clean very silvery white uh, but kind of bleak in a way um, the people wear long yellow gold robes in there they have very strange bouffant hairdos which um, honestly look a little look like of like wasp nest or mm, yeah. kind of hive like in, in some ways um, but more yellow and green and not uh, uh, and not the gray that you know a hive might actually be but uh, there's a strange kind of a wave that circ- kind of swirls almost like ice cream cone you know the a soft serve type cone that swirls up uh, in hair form and then there's a little cone type thing on the top of their head that has embellishments that seem to um, go away as one ages and gets towards death because we see when Morix uh, succumbs to his old age and collapses that a little like, purple ball has fallen off the top of his crowning cone on the top of his head Mm -hmm. um so they have a very uh different look as the humanoid uh alien locals i think Uh, other than that they seem to have a um, family dynamic that we've seen before the older uh Father figure in charge, the young son is you know hoping to take over some things, but he's actually standing in his way. Is very kind of uh, forceful, but maybe kind of domineering. Uh, mother, or wife, who steps in to take over, and now you know we, that's the kind of uh, relationship we, we see a little bit of between the, the two of them anyway and they have a and it seems to be a family run uh, recreation spot like a family run hotel that needs renovation the son wants to do all these different things and the, uh but they don't want to but the father doesn't want to go too far, doesn't want to put so much money in and you know but we're not having the bookings we used to like well you have to spend this money to renovate and accountants are not telling them good things and then she comes up with this great idea with this Harbin Harden and uh, this time experiment, this tachyon field of uh, regeneration, rejuvenation, sorry um, And then the uh, accountant has this other plan, oh sell the whole place to these, this other race that you were enemies with. It's it's kind of a
0: because that always works.
1: Yeah, that's that sounds like an excellent plan. Um. No, yeah, don't reawaken any any old grudges or anything there. No. Uh, so I I find I'm interested in enough enough in the story, excuse me, to know where it might go from here. But, on one hand, it's a little boring That you know it's just this run down vacation spot you know yeah is there is uh, a that the, the Torque of hmm. the universe or something
0: <laughs> it kind of comes off that way somewhat
1: yeah uh, Sybil has kind of a, a bouffant little hairdo mm-hmm. um, she's her Mina did make me think a bit of Sybil um and so I, I find it hard to like anybody else uh, from the planet
0: uh, yeah there aren't very many There's no, no sympathetic characters other than the regulars
1: no not liking Romana right now either so the doctors are yeah. only one um and there were a couple little fun things. I thought it was really funny when he, he tells the, the person he passes in the hallway. Makes a point of stopping him, saying, Be on the lookout. There's she, two other I didn't three. care <laughs> for that at all.
0: I didn't think that made any sense whatsoever to do well, that.
1: No, I'm not saying it made any sense. I just think it was kind of funny.
0: Hmm. And that kind of bothered guess, me.
1: Have some levity after. They hear that this uh, passenger, the visitor, has died because of the experiment. So it starts to get a little boring, and then this person, they put him in the, the machine to try to give it a try, and they have this, this incident, and then they find out that he's died because of it, so then it gets a little, picks up the interest a little bit more. Um, and then they hope. You know, Use of tachyons in a different way in this uh, rejuvenation. So, oh, it was okay as first episode.
0: Yeah, it was fine. It was a little slow. They tried to do. I think. One of the other things that we haven't talked about, really, is that they also gained some new electronic equipment for doing the special effects. Oh. Ah. And it's a little overused in this.
1: Wait, what do they call it? Quantel? Quantel, yeah. Quantel.
0: Which was pretty much the height of electronic special effect machines in the early Ooh. 80s. Yeah, believe it or not course it's only as good as the people running it uh-huh. and they made some odd decisions I guess for example the green circle yeah. that cut on the door looked like it had been drawn by canine, because the ends kept moving it was supposed to be uh-huh. like they were cutting the circle right uh-huh. but the starting end kept moving around because they weren't controlling it very well. So it was like the fire that K-9 would would have when he'd (laughs) try to burn things. Never quite matched where his laser was going. Yeah. So because they got this Quantel, it's like they had to show it off and so you get shots like the Brighton Beach receding into the Starfield or mm-hmm. things like that, which make no real design sense for the episode.
1: No, it just actually extends the. the, extend the sh- extends the shot before mm-hmm. longer than it needs to be. Right. Extends the view that, you know, and, and the view is getting smaller and smaller, so it's not like we can see anything in it it's just them arguing and talking about going somewhere else in their holiday which was kind of boring anyway and then you're gonna have this kind of boring effect that goes on for too long (laughs) on top of that right preceded by the long pan of the huts and the chairs and everything it's like okay this is not starting off at a very quick pace um not, not so like, so many others that we see where we either join right into the the problem with the the alien local people, mm-hmm. and then the doctor gets uh, you know somehow is drawn into it or puts himself into it, right. um, by design or accident, whichever. Or we start a little bit with Dr. Namana, K9, and then something happens that draws them in pretty quickly to the, the situation. Uh, here, we don't have either one of those situations, um, and it's quite a long time before the Dr. Namana are even noticed, and it takes the, the, the Loman guy having something wrong with the demonstration to get them really involved and then taken into the story and that was like the last quarter of a whole episode right um otherwise they're just sitting and and watching the demonstration and talking amongst themselves kind of um not helping us to advance very much so
0: yeah I want to go back to the again a little bit sure um because what I was getting toward was now that we talked the quantel down they did do one nice shot which was sort of a a moving shot anyway a, a pan or something like that of the demonstration as the tardis materializes normally the material the materialization scene is a lockdown shot
1: uh-huh
0: this was actually a moving shot with the TARDIS coming in, uh, materializing in the movement.
1: Ah, uh, yeah.
0: So it was a little more interesting than the usual materialization shot.
1: And that's an example of how exactly to use it to a good yes, advantage.
0: That was that's where I was going with all of that, was that even though they overused the Quantel, they did actually do some interesting shots. They just used a little too many mm-hmm. uninteresting ones yeah. at the same time.
1: And then we have the the other creatures. The reptilian creatures. Mm-hmm. Fomasi. I think that's how they said
0: it. I think so.
1: I wasn't sure if there's an R in there or not. Fomasi or
0: Fomasi.
1: Anyway. F-O-A-M-A-S-I, I so they seem to be lizard-like, so lizard-eyed monsters. Yeah. Um, which we see a, a little bit of a face, I think. And then we see mostly kind of scaly claws with, you know, uh, talons, kind of. Um, but they appear to be quite large, uh, you know, humanoid size, but not really humanoid-looking, um obviously have some powers being able to cut through the wall like they did and are interested in seeing spying on what's going on inside the leisure hive so it's another element that could provide some interest later trying mm-hmm. to carry the other parts of the story through by alternating with them getting inside the hive and whatnot Hopefully that will provide more interest later. So, anything else?
0: No, nah, nothing I can think of right now.
1: We have a couple more episodes yeah. in case something occurs. So our our ending. Um, with the oh. Before, as we get to the ending, where they're trying to creep towards the TARDIS and not alert the other Argolans who are like nearby the entrance way of the demonstration room, there's this whole weird thing where the Doctor nearly runs into like a plastic mannequin type figure, and then Ramana
0: that whole scene was yeah, just bizarre
1: walks like around the corner of a TARDIS and she's pulling a scarf behind her because she had been had a hold of it before as they went through the Mm anti-gravity section so I guess maybe she's still holding on to it but so she's pulling it across around the corner of the TARDIS to the door and then we see that it's the end of it's wrapped around this plastic mannequin and we see that the doctor is inside of the gone inside the tachyon room it's like but that was a way long, boring drawn out scene before we got there and if there was another point to that I'm not quite sure what it was why he also felt he needed to trick Ramana instead of saying, I'm going to check out this box over here and she could have easily then said, you know, no it's too dangerous you shouldn't go in there, let's just get back in TARDIS and leave and you know, before he could respond and he gets up on the screen and go from there why did that have to happen instead <laughs> you know so anyway so then we get to him going into the room to of course it's fascinating to him so he has to check it out that fits quite yes, well
0: yes i suppose
1: and of course you know that means that's where he's going to get into trouble because it's he's like a cat In that way curiosity killed the cat cats do not learn from some of their mistakes you know (laughs) (laughs) they will do it again Um, so there's that and then of course we see the the reptilians that have made their way into the the leisure hive have turned on the machine and so now the doctor is being split apart So, it's kind of a, an interesting image to see the the doctor and kind of coming apart on the screen a bit. Uh, however, being time lords, I guess I just don't buy that they'd be affected in such a bad way. I guess. Well, sure. m- and
0: my thing is, everything else has been fake at this point. Yeah. Are we expected to believe this isn't fake, too?
1: Well, it wasn't fake when Loman went into the machine. We don't you? know that. Well, no, we don't, I guess. In fact, that the, the, the point that they make is that Loman thought it was a fake, so they have him get in there to show that it's not a fake, and then something happens, it seems, and then they announce that he's dead. Yeah, maybe. So yeah, so I guess it's not as bad as it would first appear yeah it's not uh, is the doctor going to die like Loman did it's more like you know if it's just really real right or could it be a fake so why is he
0: screaming hopefully we'll find that out
1: maybe it's just to freak Ramona out
0: that seems like a crummy thing to do
1: well yeah it does but she was crummy to him on the beach side yeah
0: true
1: I don't know um, I did remember another new thing to talk about. I would like to wait till next time. No, go ahead. His outfit.
0: Oh, that's right. Yes, he's now in the red jacket. The, the red,
1: m- and um, red.
0: Maroon, I guess, jacket. Yeah.
1: Maroon and burgundy scarf. Mm-hmm. And the red uh, the hat to match. Yep. So it's the first time we see that as well.
0: He's had pretty much the most, oh no, third doctor had quite yeah. a few outfits. He probably he had, had more.
1: He had quite a few. They were all, yeah, and they were all similar in nature like like these. Mm-hmm. You
0: know, these are all just variations on the theme.
1: Yes. A longer. The longer frock coat or the longer um, overcoat type mm-hmm. of jacket that he wears. Several different kinds of. Whereas Third Doctor had many of the short, uh, like, uh, blazer, velvet blazers. Um, and then a couple different capes of the opera cape, kind of, and then the, it was kind of like a magician's cape, and then the more Sherlock Holmes type cape uh, that he had later on. Yeah, he had several. um, I have to think the, the longer coats that the, this doctor has um, seems uh, that uh, David Tennis doctor kind of takes the, the longer coat from, from this period, I mm. think because his uh, brown long brown overcoat makes, makes me think a lot of uh, the fourth doctor. So that was our last new thing. Yep. I think that's it.
0: All right. Well, let's see what we find out tomorrow when we talk about episode two of The Leisure Hive. Join us then, and thank you for listening.